0: Welcome to the First Assembly of God podcast, a ministry of First Assembly of God in Greencastle, Pennsylvania, where we are passionately pursuing His will, His way. You can find out more about us on our website, greencastle firstassembly.org. Now, let's dive into today's podcast. It's an honor to be here in Greencastle with you guys this morning. Um, uh, are you ready? Turn to your neighbor and say, Are you ready? Are you ready, church? Are you ready to do what God's called you to do? Are you ready to share your faith? Are you ready to share about Jesus? Everybody say Jesus. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that pastors are a gift to the church. And I know Greencastle has an awesome gift this morning. In Pastor Josh and Krista as well. So can we give it up? Hold on, hold on. I know you're so eager, but I want to do all together. On the count of three, let's give it up for the great pastors here In Pastor Josh and his wife and his awesome kiddos on the count of three. One, two, three. Show your appreciation. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's go. They're doing a great work here. Uh, And so thank you, Pastor Josh, for inviting me uh, to come and share this morning. Um, God has so much in store for this church. God has so much in store for the big church of God. There's more work to be done. Friends. Do you understand the God that we serve? Do you understand as this young lady comes up and shares her testimony about how she, uh, uh, her testimony of getting saved and being born baptized? The God that we serve, the God that wrote this Bible, the God that spoke these words into man to write the Bible, the God of the Holy Bible, Jesus Christ, His Son, is still alive. Do you understand that? Like, do you understand that Jesus Christ, who literally is the Son of God, that came to this earth supernaturally, The Bible says that Jesus chose to leave heaven. He decided. Jesus didn't have to, but he chose to because he understood the only way for mankind to get to heaven, someone had to pay the price, and Jesus Christ was going to pay that price. And over 2,000 years ago, friend. Jesus Christ went to the cross before he went to the cross. He was whipped 39 times. He was beat, punched in the face. Can I tell you something? I can't stand being slapped. I can't stand if someone came up to me and said, Hey Joe, how's it going? And they give me a slap on the back. Like everything inside of me just cringes. And I just want to I just want to wail back and knock him out. Jesus Christ. Got fists to the face, a crown of thorns placed on his head, whipped 39 times, and he never said, Stop. He never lifted a hand. He took it all. This is God in man form. He took it all. He bled, he nearly bled to death. And if that wasn't enough they put him on a cross with nails in his hands and in his feet and laid him on a cross to crucify him. He was beaten so bad most people who got crucified back then they would die on the cross within about 3 or 4 days. When Jesus Christ was placed on the cross he was dead within 6 hours approximately. That's how bad he was brutally beaten. He was beaten so bad, he he died so fast that the Roman centurions were so confused that they actually had to put a spear in his side just to confirm that he was dead. All that. Jesus never killed anybody. Jesus never committed a crime. Jesus never stole. Jesus never committed anything wrong. He was accused of being the Son of God. But this is all supposed to happen because it's through the blood of Jesus that all mankind can get saved. It's through the blood of Jesus that all your friends and family members and classmates, students, all, all of God's creation can get saved. You might, be, you might be here this morning like, what do you mean by saved? Do you understand there's life after death and that's heaven or hell. And it's your choice to choose today before you breathe your last. It's not when you're on your hospital bed and when you're about to die. Today, now is the time of salvation. And Jesus understood that if he didn't pay the price through his blood shedding on the cross, that no mankind can ever enter into the presence of God because sin is not tolerated in the presence of God. Friends, and I'm just trying to make, paint a picture for you tonight, this morning that we serve a God that loves you like crazy. We serve a God that, that chose to go to the cross and chose to pay the price because he loves you and me like crazy. The Bible says not many people would actually die for somebody else. But Jesus died for all mankind. Some of you might be here, like, well, that's cool. Like, okay, so Jesus died. All right. What, is that? what does that do? Well, the defining moment, friends. You know, like every other religion has out there, right? Every other religion has a great prophet or a great person, right? The only defining thing that separates Christianity from everything else, I don't care if you call it a religion, I don't care if it's a way of life, whatever, you wanna, whatever terminology you want to use, the only thing that separates is that when Jesus Christ was placed in the tomb three days later, what happened? He rose from the grave. Someone who was brutally beaten to a pulp, almost the Bible says that his own mother couldn't recognize him. Three days later comes walking out of a tomb. And some of you are like, well, how do you know, Pastor Joe? How do you know? Were you there? No, I wasn't there. But I'll tell you right now, according to historical documents and according to the word of God, it says that the Romans were making sure that they were not going to let that stone roll away. The Jews and the Sadducees were so scared that they said, hey, Roman centurions, can we do whatever we can to make sure that's tomb, that Jesus' body is never, ever, ever taken out of that grave. So they secured it as secure as possible. But how many of you guys know, mankind cannot keep what God's got plans in store, amen? It can't keep them from happening. So three days later, after the Roman centurions were were marching in front of the, the, the stone, three days later, God sends an angel, rolls that stone away, and Jesus comes walking out of the grave. friends. How do you know? How do you know? Because let me tell you something. The other, quote-unquote, top-leading religion of the world, of the Muslim faith, their main prophet, guess what? He is still in his grave. So much so that they have a place set up in Mecca all where his body still lays. Friends, guess what? The tomb of Jesus Christ is empty. It's empty. It's factually empty. It's not a joke. And guess what? You'll never find the body of Jesus. You know why? Because after he rose from the grave, he ascended into heaven. The only time you'll see Jesus as a man again, is when he comes back. Or if you die on this side of heaven before he comes back. But all of the world will know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, why do you say this? Like, what does this have to do with youth alive? Let me tell you something. There's no greater news to share than the the power of Jesus Christ. There's no greater news to share. The Bible says in Romans that Paul writes, he says, it's the gospel that changes lives. It's the gospel that brings salvation. It's the gospel that brings salvation. It's the gospel that brings healing. The gospel is that Jesus Christ went to the cross, died, rose from the grave, and he's coming back, friends. I said he's coming back. And if we don't start sharing our faith like never before, we're going to miss out on opportunities. Look beside you, friends. There are empty seats because, not because people don't want to come to the church. There's empty seats because there's room for people to get saved. Church, part of that is on you. Part of that's on me. Part of that. We have to own the empty seats. Some of you might be like, well, I kind of like my space. Let me tell you something. People dying and going to hell is not a joke. I'd much rather, and I'm sure Pastor Josh and Krista and also his kiddos, because we're going to talk about them in a second. But let me tell you something. I know they would love, they don't mind, being all on top of each other, if that means people are getting saved in the house, Amen. They don't care. and I believe there's people in this church today that would love to have neighbors sitting next to them in the pews today, knowing that, that my son used to be going to hell and now he's not. My aunt used to be going to hell and now she's not. My family, my coworkers used to be going to hell and now they're not. Friends, that's why we're here today. Are you ready? Are you ready to start doing what God's called us to do, and that's talk about Jesus? I love youth ministry. My wife and I, we were youth pastors for 15 years, a little over 15 years, and now we're leading this thing called Youth Alive. And let me tell you something. When students catch what God's called them to do, whoo, watch out. Watch out, church, watch out, schools. They'll be transformed like never before. There'll be things these students do that you and I could not do. Students are so powerful. In America, they are our loudest voice. In America, in your school systems, they are your loudest voice. Students can make a huge, huge impact into their community. The Bible says in Matthew 28, Jesus Christ, after dying, he says this, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Friends, Jesus gave this command to all of his followers to go and tell people. We as God's people are to go and tell people about Jesus. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how how young you are. But again, students are killing it all across Pennsylvania and Delaware. Students are talking about Jesus like crazy. And we and we're excited to see what God's doing across both states. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This good work that you and I, there's no greater work that you and I can do than to share about Jesus. You can build a cool house. You can add extensions to the, to the church, but there's no greater work for you and I to do than to talk about Jesus. Share Jesus no matter where we go. Share Jesus no matter what we do. Look for those opportunities. But are you ready? Turn to your neighbor and say, Are you ready? I know specifically from experience there are two students in the house that are quite ready to talk about Jesus Anna and Emily, your pastor's daughters. Why don't you stand up? They all know you, but stand up and anyway embarrass you. Let's give these young ladies a round of applause. <laughs> nice job, ladies. All right, you may be seated. These two ladies are ready to be used by God. I'm just, I'm just privileged. My wife and I, we're just privileged and honored to be a part of this thing called Youth Alive. We're leading Youth Alive as missionaries. Um, and I think I gave you a picture of my family. I don't remember. I apologize. Um, but we were in youth ministry for 15 years, and God called us in 2019 and said, Joe and Becky, it's time to leave where you're at, and let's see where God's going to take us. So we resigned from our position there at that church. Three days later, someone said, hey, would you want to be a U.S. missionary in Pennsylvania and Delaware? I said, sure. And they said, because uh, at the time, years prior, I felt God say America needs Jesus more than anything. And so I was like, okay. So I, I started doing mission trips to local cities and stuff like that. Um, overseas missions is great. Keep supporting those missionaries. We, know, we need them, you know the gospel needs to go out there too, you know? But like for us, U.S. is where it's at. We need to reach the lost here in America. And then, uh, and then three days later, someone said, you want to be a U.S. missionary? I was like, Shh, that kind of lines up with what God's calling me to do. And then would you lead Youth Alive? And then I'm like, man, Youth Alive? Let me tell you, as a youth pastor, Youth Alive helped our group to continue to grow and stay focused on the mission. You know what that mission is? Talking about Jesus. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. So this mission of Youth Alive is bigger than me. It's, it's, it's amazing what God's doing. But I just get the honor and the privilege to meet awesome students and to speak into students' lives and watch what, how God's going to use them exponentially in their area. So these two young ladies, they're more than ready to go. They're more than ready to go. So we got connected. And, man, they started, uh, I think I got a picture of them starting out. So we got connected. We do these Zoom trainings. Something because of 2019 and I mean, 2020, I was like, we need to get our campus missionaries on our Zoom calls. We need to start talking to them, seeing what God's doing, and seeing how God's going to continue to share their faith. So they joined some of our Zoom calls, and then I believe they started a Zoom virtual Bible club. Like, they were hungry. They were so ready to just keep sharing Jesus, keep figuring out ways how to reach the lost. And they kept on going after it. And then and then I think this school year, correct? This school year, they said, I want, to, I want to. we're doing an in-person Bible club. So they took all the resources. However they got them, I'm not too sure. But I know Pendle Youth Alive, we have our website, which has all the resources on how to start a campus club. But they took all the steps to start this campus club. Let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but when I was a youth pastor, I would walk into the school sometimes. And sometimes it's a little nerve-wracking going and talking to the superintendent going and talking to some school officials. These young ladies, that's what they had to do. They said they had to go before the school board and present their Bible club, am I right? Well, kind of, well maybe, kind of, okay. These students going in front of these teachers trying to launch this Bible club, they launched it because they're so ready to talk about Jesus. They're so ready to get other Christian students together and say, hey, how can we reach the lost on our school campus? I'm telling you, I told these two ladies, I met Pastor Josh here, I don't don't know, I forget when we met, but I remember coming to your facility, your schools are right across the street. Do you understand your greatest mission field is not Africa? Your greatest mission field is right there, or... Right there, it's that way. Okay, that that way. Hey, it's that way. All right, y'all know where you're at. I don't. Okay, but that's your grade. Do you understand? There's over two thousand students in the elementary, middle, and high school combined. Two thousand students. Do you know how many people live in all of Green Castle? A little over four thousand. More than half of your population of Green Castle. Is over there Monday through Fridays. Or it's that way? That way? Okay, whatever way. Y'all know where you're at. That's a lot of people that still need to hear about Jesus. Is everybody saved? I have no clue. Anna and Emily have no clue. But you know what they're doing? They're trying to tell as many people as possible about Jesus. I want to share my faith. I want to get students involved. I was talking to Pastor Josh a a a week or two ago, and he was saying, man, they have their eyes set on even high school because one of them is going to high school next year, right? She's already preparing. She's already looking ahead because she doesn't want to stop what God's birthed inside of her, and that's to keep being actively sharing Jesus on school property. Friends, in America, students have to go to school. Whether it's public school, homeschool, you name it, there need to be an education. Why not help our students across Pennsylvania and Delaware realize, hey, let's go to school on mission. I'd much rather go to school hoping to see and talk about Jesus to somebody than anything else. Let that be the greatest desire in our students to share Jesus, to share Jesus, because like I said before, it's the gospel, it's salvation to anyone, and Pastor Josh edited edited earlier, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, anyone, a four-year-old, a 40-year-old, an 84-year-old, doesn't matter, doesn't matter what walk of life you came from, doesn't matter what nationality you are, anyone, ever say anyone, So in Youth Alive, we provide these opportunities, workshops at some events, monthly trainings. We do this campus missions call because we believe our schools are the mission field for our middle school and high school students, even elementary students. And we call them campus missionaries because these students have said, yes, I'm going to go to my mission. I'm going to go to my mission field and perform what God's called me to do, and that's share Jesus." We had over 800 students this past year at the Pendle Youth Convention come forward and say, I'm going to be a campus missionary. Now, I don't know if all of them are like staying steadfastly like your young ladies are, but I'll tell you right now, that's 800 students that have confirmed and said, you know what, I'm going to talk about Jesus this year. We need more students talking about Jesus than anything else. Quite frankly, Pastor Josh, we need more adults talking about Jesus than anything else. As God's people, we should be more, more anxious about who Jesus is and sharing his faith than anything else. It's salvation, friends, it's salvation. So then, a few weeks ago, Ann and Emily shared on, I think, our, our, our monthly training. They said, hey, we, we started our, our Bible club And uh, we have, like, 37 signed up and coming to our Bible club. Check out this picture that they sent me. Maybe. Yep. Now, you started in October, right? And then by January, I think this was the picture, that, like, the first or second week of January. Now, let me tell you something. Here and Oh, mm, let me. mm. Some of you, like, well, okay, that's only 37 or 27, whatever, you know. It's not a whole lot of people compared to the 800 that's in their school. I have a question for you. When was the last time you helped someone and disciple someone into knowing who Jesus is? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is real stuff. That's to me, too. Let me tell you. 27, even if it was four. There's a student up in Athens, PA. He started his Bible club and he went to the first one and he had no one show up. And he contacted me and I said, bro, did God tell you to do this? He's like, yeah. I said, you stay focused and you keep going after it. He said, all right. So he went to the next one. And the next one, he, uh, he reported back to me. I said, how many students showed up? He's like, four. I said, praise God, you just grew by what, three, 400%. Like, let me tell you, I'm not, I'm, I don't care about the numbers. All I care is about Jesus Christ being talked about in public school. That's going to change lives. These students, it's just going to keep growing. It's just, this church did not start with however many student people are here today. This church started with a handful of people that said, "Hey, we want we want to come together. We feel God's called us to this area, and we're going to reach the lost in this area, friends." And then it starts to grow. This is going to keep growing. And what's cool about a church is that you will see the you will see the growth from it. You'll receive the benefits from it. Why? Because your campus missionaries, not just those two, but I believe there's more of you in the front row that are also involved. Let me tell you, they're, they're leading worship for your church. They're going to help volunteer for outreaches. They're going to reach the lost. So adults in the house, I challenge you. Don't let them beat you. My son tells me all the time, dad, you've had your day. You've had your day in playing the sports. Yeah, you've had your day. Yeah, dad, yeah. Let me tell you, I'll still be my son in every sport. Ain't that right, boys? I'll still beat him every day, every day. But like, like challenge accepted, let's go. Let's reach the lost. Let's share our faith. Let God bring the increase, amen? Let God keep stirring the hearts. Let God do it, because let me tell you, there's no better life to live on this side of heaven than a life with Jesus Christ. There's more people in Green Castle that have not even heard about Jesus. And it could quite honestly be in the schools You and I as adults, we don't have as much access to the school system. Our students have full access. When a student catches it, friends, it's powerful. It's powerful. Students reaching students, that's what we believe. 50% of your students' times are spent on their school property. They spend most of their awake time in school. And all, this, and all the students are like, yeah, that's annoying. But it's truth. It's truth. Students all across getting ready to rise up and not be ashamed about talking about Jesus. That's what I believe. That's what I desire. Romans chapter 116 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Every say gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Friends, students not ashamed that don't care what the world says, but they're bold in their faith, and they're going to start sharing Jesus no matter what. No matter what. There's a, there's a student. Her name is Clarissa. She's one of our campus missionaries. And she, she caught a fire to keep talking about Jesus. She got in file with her middle school Bible club. Then she got into the high school. But she started, and then she's like, man, I just got to keep going. I got to keep talking about Jesus. She evangelized and she was able to help her, her friend come to her youth group, her, one of her best friends come to youth group where she got saved. Then all of a sudden they started talking about Jesus on the school bus and they started handing Bibles out to people on their school bus. They just, they just kept on going. They're so ready. And Clarissa is still so ready to keep sharing. She's so ready to just keep talking about Jesus. She did our, our Instagram devotionals we were doing at a, at a certain time. She just started talking about Jesus. She, said, she actually said, I believe I'm called to be an evangelist. All right? Like, bro, we need evangelists. Amen? She's a little evangelist in their school and she starts sharing her faith. She keeps going after it. She understands that she's ready to talk about Jesus and she's gonna be all out for Jesus Christ. She came up to me in the beginning of the school year and she said, let me tell you about volleyball. I went out for volleyball tryouts. And she said, um, she said within a few days they were started giving out the schedule before the cuts And she looks over the schedule, and she looks at the schedule. Monday through Friday, practices. She looks at Wednesday night, practice during youth group time. She realizes, like, "Mm, that's not going to fly. She goes, this is a high schooler, friends. She wants to play volleyball, but she goes to the coach and says, Coach, just want to let you know, I know you're going to make cuts, but check it out. Wednesday nights, I'm going to church. I won't be here for that. And the coach says, well, maybe we can make some arrangements or whatever, and she's like, no, no, no. I'm not coming to practice on Wednesday nights. I'm going to church first. That's what I do. So she steps, uh, steps to the side. The JV coach stopped her and said, thank you, Clarissa, for doing that. I'm a follower of Christ as well, but there's more students like you. I wish they would step up and say what you just did. So she went home. Then a few days, uh, like the end of that week, she was keeping on going back to tryouts. And then before cuts, on Friday, the coach starts giving out this brand new sheet of paper and it was a revised schedule of volleyball practices. Guess what, Wednesday nights, no volleyball practices. Like this stuff, this stuff, like the parent, the parent of the child couldn't make that happen. The JV coach couldn't make that happen. What made that happen? One student that stood up and said, you know what, I'm going to talk about Jesus. I don't care about volleyball. I care about my salvation. I care about faith. I care about growing in my faith more than I do about this volleyball team. And I'm going to let my volleyball coach know that. That's what made this happen. A student's voice is what made that happen. So she gets on the team, which is awesome. Wednesday night's free, right? First first volleyball game. She's like, coach, can can I go pray at center court? And the JV coach says, well, you have to go talk to the varsity coach. She has to walk back to the varsity coach. Hey, varsity coach, can I pray on the center court? And he's like, well, actually, you probably have to call, talk to the athletic director. Do you understand this circle these students have to go around? For the love of God, the stuff that they had to deal with to just try to start their Bible club. She goes to the athletic director, and the athletic director says, yeah, sure, no problem. So then all of a sudden, she goes to her coach. She says, yeah, they gave me approval. She goes to her team. She's like, hey, I'm going to center court to pray. Join me if you like. She goes to the opposite team and says, hey, I'm going to center court to pray. Join me if you like. She goes to center court, and this is what happens. There's another picture. If you notice, one of her, like, she said her almost her whole team joined her on center court. Almost half of the opposing team joined on half court. Now, some of you are like, again, this is big stuff. Because this is the stuff that the public does not want us to do anymore. This is the stuff that people think that you can't do anymore. I'm sick and tired of God's people just thinking like oh well maybe we shouldn't do that maybe maybe we don't need to be as bold to talk about Jesus. Maybe we don't need the Bible club. Maybe we really don't need to pray before the games anymore. Maybe we really don't need to pray before school board meetings anymore. Maybe we don't really need to do any of that stuff anymore. Friends, nah. Let's, let's go forward. Let's just advance. Let's just empower as many students as possible to do more stuff like this so the schools would realize, wow, the Christian body is bigger than what we expected. The life of a Christian is a whole lot more powerful than a life of an unbeliever. Friends, do you understand what we believe? Like, let's actually practice what we believe. The Bible says in Romans that the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave is inside of us. If that's the case, we should walk around this planet as if we have the same spirit that was in Christ. And if that's the case, we should be doing exactly what God says we can do. We don't have to accept what the world says that we're supposed to do. It's so confusing. The Bible is not. He has given us this life and life goes by fast. These students will be all graduated so fast. I've told them. I've told them. (laughs) Their mom's like, no. I told them, let me tell you, this church is in prime time. It's in a prime area. If we can continue to keep your students on fire for Jesus, more students from that school, those schools, wherever the stupid school is, (laughs) more students and families will start to get saved. Without a doubt. I don't doubt it for one second. We have to learn to keep sharing Jesus. No matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, look for opportunities to talk about Jesus. Look for the opportunities to share your faith. Look for the opportunities. As we were riding here this morning, we were right down the street and we noticed some lady like ran out of gas inside of the gas station. And I was like, I was like, man, but I'm supposed to be at church. But I was like, no, am I ready? Am I ready? I know Pastor Josh, and I know I'll be here. On, I know God's called me to preach today. I wasn't not going to miss it, you know. So I stopped and sure enough, it was more than just getting gas. It took like 40 minutes of my time. But you know what? We talked about Jesus. We talked about Jesus in that time. Explained to her about what salvation really is. And she was like, wow, thanks for explaining those verses to me. We prayed, and then got our car started, and we're here. But well, man, why do I share that with just oh, man, Joe, you're really cool? No, 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 no. We have to look for opportunities to talk about Jesus. I was not going to pull over on the side of the road, get freezing cold. The Lord knows I hate the cold, okay? And get freezing cold just to help someone get gas. Nah, I've, honestly, I don't really care if she got gas or not. I only really care if her car is broken or not. What I do care. Is she saved? That's the most important thing. Are we ready to look for the opportunities that God puts before us and share Jesus? Are you ready? Am I ready? I pray that this church, Green Castle, I think, I believe, Pastor Josh, people are growing a desire to share Jesus here in Green Castle. One last verse. Romans chapter 1, verse 8 through 17. It says this First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit and preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. Verse 11. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I planned many times to come to you in order that I might have a harvest among you just as I've had among the Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. So Paul's simply saying, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. I want to be there with you because I'm obligated to preach not just to the Greeks but to the non-Greeks. I'm obligated to share Jesus no matter where I go, and I'm trying to get to your destination. And he says this in verse 15, that's why I'm so eager to preach the gospel to you who also live in Rome. Friends, how eager are we? No matter where we go, no matter what job you hold, no matter what family reunion you go to, no matter what you're doing Sunday afternoon, no matter what we're, where we're headed, no matter, these students as they go to school, are we eager to look for the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody Friends, Paul transformed the New Testament church. Paul transformed the the, the message of the gospel. Paul transformed the entire circle. Paul did exponential things. I think it's one-third of the New Testament was written by Paul. A man who used to kill people for loving Jesus. Jesus. Then all of a sudden he went on the other side. Man, I'm gonna go after it. I'm gonna go. He looked for the opportunities. Are you ready to look for those opportunities? Basketball, I used to play all the time. I loved playing basketball. I really did. I grew like, when I was in seventh grade. I got I got I learned how to play basketball. My parents bought me a, a hoop. I wanted my dad to put it up right away. He's like, Joe, it's still six inches of snow outside. You got to wait. When he got that basketball hoop up, man, I was just out there playing all the time. I was so ready to play, practicing, practicing, practicing. Man, I wish YouTube was around back then to teach me how to play. But basketball was my dream. Play for the New York Knicks. Man, we're great. I wanna play ball. I was always ready to play basketball. When I got to high school, I started making the varsity team, and then all of a sudden, like my crew of guys that we hung out with, we played basketball as much as possible. There was no way this guy, Joe Cali from Deer Park, New York, was gonna miss out on an opportunity to play basketball. So you know what I did? I wore shorts under my pants every day. Cause Lord knows you can't play basketball in pants. I made sure I had an extra pair of sneakers. Made sure I was ready to play. When I got a car, man, in the back, you popped the trunk of my car. What was in there? A basketball, a pair of shoes, and uh, and a pair of shorts. Because no matter where I was, my friends liked to play basketball. We were gonna play basketball. Many times we would drive by the park and man, let's go play some ball. Boom. Got out of the car, started playing basketball. Many times after school, somebody, hey, you want to walk to the park and let's go play ball? Oh, yeah, sure. Why? I got my bag of stuff in my locker. Let's go. I was so ready to play. I love it so much. One time we were hanging out at our friend's house and around 11 o'clock at night, we looked at each other and said, let's go play some basketball. And they were like, What? We're like, yeah, let's go. Hopped in the cars, went to the local park. This local park had no headlights. I'm sorry, no, uh, no street lights for it. So then all of a sudden we just took our cars, we pointed at the, at the court, and we turned the headlights on. And we played for hours playing basketball. Why? Because I just was so passionate about it. I just was so ready to play. So ready to play because I love basketball so much. Church, how much do we love Jesus? How much do we love God? Enough to say, you know what? I'm going to share my faith as much as possible. I'm going to be so ready to talk about Jesus. No matter if I go to work, my job, that's a nine to five. No matter if I'm home tonight, wherever it is, I'm going to be so ready that when God calls my name, I'm going to bam, I got you, God. Church, I believe that's what God wants. These young ladies up here, are you all involved in the same Bible club? Yeah, you're where? I can't even say that word. Mercersburg All right, very cool. And you're in the club there. Hey, she's starting one next year. Amen. And who else? And you're in theirs. Okay, very cool. But like, they're ready to share Jesus, friends. We don't have time to waste. We don't have time to waste. God is so good. I think I have one more picture as I close out here. This uh, leader in Hamburg, PA explained to me, she said, I got to share with you this. She's like, one of our students left your workshop and caught a fire to start a campus club. He realized it's time to talk about Jesus. And she's like, He did all the steps. He's like, he started the Bible Club, I think it's in Blue Mountain, PA, and and she's like, and then she showed me these pictures. This one right here. His first Bible Club meeting in a public school. 80 students, 80 students. A teacher couldn't do this. A student that caught a passion To share Jesus can do this. Friends, sky's the limits. We serve a great God. He cares about you. He cares about me. He cares about those in all the schools, no matter where they're at. He cares about your family members. He cares about your coworkers. Will you share Jesus with them? Will you be ready to do what God's called you to do? God is waiting to use you. I'm gonna to count to the count of three. And this is how we're gonna close out. Okay, yeah, bam, real fast, sorry. Taking more time, Pastor John, my bad. These students right here, long story short, campus missionary in the left with a white sweater, She said, I'm going to start talking about Jesus. She invited this guy, Trayvon. Trayvon walked into the youth group, and he got saved, and he started going back to his school. He was at a Catholic school. He went to his flagpole, and he started praying around his flagpole. The dean of students came up and said, and heard him praying, and he's like, what are you praying about? He's like, I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to move in this school like never before. And the dean of students is like, what? Catholic schools don't believe in the same stuff that... Us Pentecostals believe in, you know. So anyhow, so he's just all all about it. Um, and then this group to the right, she, uh, these two sisters, Rachel and Danielle, they're killing it. They've started a Bible club back four or five years ago because kind of what. The, uh, the Fowler girls did. They came to some, they saw something, that I want to start something. Well, they started when they were their age and their school in uh, uh, Fox Chapel, PA is killing it for Jesus. They're doing See You at the Pole every Thursday. They're coming around their fat pole in the public school and they're praying for their school. They're doing outreaches every week in their public school. One, she said just the other day they put a table out in front of the lunchroom with all of our Youth Alive resources and she's like, I'm done. I don't care. I'm a senior and I'm going to boldly talk about Jesus like never before. And she's giving out verses, inviting them to the Bible club. Friends, these students are going wild for Jesus. But I think God wants to use adults too. I think God wants to use all of his people. So as we close here today, I'm going to count to three. I know I know we all have people in our family members that are lost, or know a person in a workplace that is lost, and that grieves your heart, and it should, because it grieves God's heart. God didn't send Jesus to die on the cross just for the hundreds, 120 so, 150 here in Green Castle. He died for the whole world that all might get saved. Will everyone get saved? No, we know that. But can we do our part and at least give people an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ, amen? So on the count of three, if you're in the house this morning and you're like, you know what? After you talking here today, I realize there's more I need to do. I need to be ready to share my faith And you know what? Today is a new day. I'm going to start looking for opportunities to share my faith. If you're here this morning, I'm I'm going to have you stand to your feet. Because I want this church to realize there are people here that are not just doing church, Pastor Josh. I mean, we can't just do church, Pastor Josh. Because let me tell you, church to do church is just boring. You'll lose people left and right. But doing church to reach the lost, that's invigorating. To do church, man, next Sunday, a healing, a healing Sunday, like getting people healed, that's invigorating. That can't happen at a Catholic church. That can't happen at a mosque. That can't happen in a Buddhist temple. But you know where that can happen? Right here. God wants to use you. Pastor Josh and his wife and his kids, they'll do their part, but we as a body need to do ours. So on the count of three, if you would simply say, Pastor Josh, I am going to share my faith like never before this year. I want you to stand to your feet. And let me tell you, by the end of this year, why can't these seats be filled why can't they why can't you be coming into church on a sunday morning with a big old smile hand in hand with a friend of yours arm in arm with a friend of yours because man they got saved why can't it why can't that happen i believe it can friends so on the count of three Stand to your feet and boldly say, I'm going to share my faith. One, I don't care how old you are. If you're five years old and you feel, that's me, I want to share my faith, you stand to your feet. Two, three, stand to your feet if you're going to share your faith this year. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Now, all of you look around. Pastor Josh, take a look around. That's your church. That's your church. I have you all look around because guess what? Let's challenge each other. Let's challenge each other. Let's keep on asking each other every week. Say, hey, how are you sharing your faith this week? Who are you talking to Jesus about? I mean, who, about to Jesus. Who, what are you doing? What opportunities? What testimonies? We should have testimony after testimony after testimony. By the end of this year, friends, Get ready. Are you ready? Cuz man, God's gonna loose something that he's never Jesus. loosed upon Amen. your life before. This is a new day. Amen. This is a new day. Pastor Josh, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to share. You young ladies, y'all are killing it. Don't stop. I really believe before you guys graduate high school, those schools will be the, the Bible clubs and things like those schools will say, man, I wish the Fowler girls and all your friends, because I don't know all your names, I'm sorry. I wish they would never graduate because they're amazing people. I'm not, I'm not joking. And I don't and I don't just say that. I, I do believe that that school will know that this church is the best church to be involved with. I don't care. I don't care if you're from another church visiting. I don't care. This is the best church in the, in the town. Amen. This is where it's at. This is where it's at. So you're gonna keep killing it. We'll still stay connected. Thank you, Pastor Josh, and for First Assembly, as you guys continue to support us as missionaries. We owe you guys a lot. We, we're blessed because of it. This ministry, words can't express. God is good. I'm just, I, my family is just privileged to be a part of what God's doing across Pennsylvania and Delaware. And I love that we get to still impact students' lives, to impact the church and the community. So God is so good. So thank you so much. And let's give it up for your awesome pastor. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and share it with those you know. Our prayer is that you will find true and lasting life in a relationship with Jesus and that you will live to do his will, his way for his glory.